This is Life Made Better, a podcast from two coaches with a zest for not only their lives, but yours. In this series, Fleur and Lucia seek out tips, tools, and exercises to inspire you to achieve your dreams and goals. Join us and let's make life better. Welcome back to Life Made Better, the podcast where we interview interesting people that not only inspire us, but so we can find out how they made their life better and how we can learn from their story and their challenges. Today, we are interviewing Raggy Gandham. I met Raggy through a friend and always loved her passionate, open-hearted and open-minded character. I think she actually took me home from parties many times. <laughs> Raggy has traveled extensively, had her own recruitment business, and currently manages a team of remote recruiters through a friend's business. In her other life, she's dedicated to helping others, especially those with addictions. At present, she's completing her master's in addiction psychology whilst caring for her elderly parents. She also volunteers for a men's mental health charity where she offers counseling sessions for those that are in recovery. In the future, she plans to offer affordable therapy combined with her skills as a qualified hypnotherapist and operate her own practice. Hi, Raggy. We're so happy to have you here today. Thanks for joining us. Hey, Fleur. Thanks for the invitation. And uh, as far as our intro goes, yes, I do remember bringing you home from parties along the streets of Amsterdam, if I remember correctly, <laughs> carrying you like a little rubber doll. <laughs> <laughs> the only one that looked after me, you kind soul. <laughs> I've like overdone it. <laughs> That's a story we're going to have to explore on this podcast. We can't let the audience and myself go home without knowing. I think we should explore that one first. <laughs> okay. It was a very long time ago. I'd like it to was, add. It was. It was. It was in our past life. In our past life. <laughs> oh, very fun life, though. I must admit. Yes. So, Raggy, tell our listeners a little bit more about yourself. Ooh, right. Okay. How long have we got? Um, <laughs> so, I'm probably one of the most interesting people that would ever sit at your dinner table, and I know that means I'm blowing my own trumpet, but um. I'm going to tell you and give you a little snapshot of what I do um, and what I'm about. So, you know, my dinner table has four sides and so does my life. Firstly, I generate income by working for a recruitment agency where I'm managing a team of people. So that's my income generator. Everybody needs an income generator as far as I'm concerned. So that's where that comes from. And it buys me pairs of Louboutins when I need them. (laughs) You know, those important things in life. And then I also uh, volunteer for, uh, so the other side of my table is uh, me volunteering for a men's mental health charity. And that I call my giving backside. So, well, that was phrased wrong, wasn't it? <laughs> that's, what, that's what I give back to people. Okay. So I've got my income generator. I've got the, the part where I give back to people. And then my third side is where I'm a carer for my um, elderly parents and my brother at the moment too. And that I call my uh, call of duty side. So that's the third side of my table. And then my fourth side of my table is where I'm studying for a master's in addiction therapy, uh, addiction psychology, and that I call my learning side. So I've got four sides to my table, one for income, one where I give back to people, one which is my call of duty, and my other side, which is learning. And I think all those four factors are extremely important to any human. So I concentrate on those. That's 
me in a snapshot, I would say, on a day-to-day basis. I love that. And when I hear you say about your learning, I assume that's where your passion is, yeah? What lights you up. Absolutely. I love it. And, you know, you've got to keep the mind ticking too, you know. If you don't learn, you don't grow. So it's really important. Mm, Really important to have something that you're really passionate about. I think it keeps that spark, doesn't it, that aliveness? Yeah, definitely. Definitely keeps uh, keeps the energy flowing. And it means that I'm doing something for myself too. So it's not all about other people in my life. It's also about me. Yeah. Mm. So I'm curious, Raggy, how did you come about finding that path? Because obviously, you know, trying uh, learning uh, that master's in, in addiction psychology compared to recruitment, you know, for, at least from the outside, it sounds like two worlds apart. So how did you actually land on, oh, okay, yeah, this is something I would like to explore and learn about? Sure. So some 25 years ago, I was in America for a few years. I was studying out there and um, I was in an audience. Uh, there was a hypnotist on stage. And ever since then, I became really passionate about the power of the mind. I explored it further by training myself to be a, a hypnotist. Um, I do hypnotherapy as well. So I've always really been keen to know how people's minds work. So Whilst I might be interested in what somebody has to say, I'm more interested in where that's actually come from. So that was my trigger to go, right, I need to go and explore this further. In addition to that, um, I've, there's been members of the family who have been involved in addictions and I, I needed to, again, understand it better. So I thought, well, why not go and do a master's and really understand this properly, which is where I'm at now. and currently in the process of doing my dissertation, all of 14,000 words. So I think I should know a fair bit. (laughs) (laughs) Have you found the answers? That's what I'd like to know. (laughs) There is no answer. There is no answer. You know, I I went to university on the first day thinking I was going to come away with a solution for addictions. And on the first day, I realized there is no real black and white solution. But the learning I've done since then, it's phenomenal, you know, how you can help people find a way out of addictions. I think that's a really interesting, interesting thing to see. Again, all about how the mind works. Mm-hmm. Mm. I was uh, listening to um, an interesting podcast this morning, actually, by Dr. Laurie Santos, who she specializes in, you know, um, happiness and the science of, of, of well-being. I mean, she didn't go to the extremes of, of trying to, you know, explain or, or, you know, how this works in addiction. But I think she mentioned quite uh, something quite interesting that was that our brains are primed to like things, not want them in the sense that when we like something and we get that instant reward, obviously dopamine, we get that dopamine hit that keeps us coming back. Yeah. Um, Whereas the difference that we as human beings do not understand simply because our brains are not wired that way is that the things that we should want are the ones that are actually going to give us that sort of true happiness or that true shot of dopamine, if you wish. Things like, you know, being present, savoring, exercising in nature, being outdoors. And, And, you know, I thought that that was... Something that really, if you think about it, stops you on your blogs because it's like all my life I've been wired by these, you know, action, reaction, 
I do one thing, I get a reward. And he's going that extra mile of like, oh, hang on a minute. This I don't want to do. But if I keep doing it, I'm going to see that reward later on. And he's going to be 10 times bigger. Absolutely. You know, you have that bar of chocolate. You know, you, you don't want to do it because, you know, maybe you're trying to lose weight or whatever it is. But you will do it because it's the, the hit that you're going to get from the chocolate. Again, you know, people do it with alcohol, people do it with cigarettes and numerous um, other substances. It's uh, fascinating, isn't it? Mm. I find it so fascinating. And I think what we're talking about is that delayed gratification, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And if people haven't sort of really connected to what is really important to them and what lights them up, like you said about learning about the mind really lights you up. If people haven't connected to that, those short hits give them that feeling, that short-term feeling of feeling good, a feeling that we all want, but we don't realize that it actually is linked to that real purpose-driven need. So I'd say more our spiritual growth and contribution. And I think it's such a shame when people don't know this, you know, that they'll carry on, they'll carry on. And and I, I, I feel bad for them, you know. Why aren't we taught this subject at school, like many others? But, you know, we should be taught these things before it's too late. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I work with a lot of teens. I don't know how I got into that, but I have <laughs> got into working with a lot of teens who are starting to become addicted because yeah. they feel that they, they, they want to feel significant. They want to belong. Yeah. They're Make not sure. feeling good enough. So yeah. a quick way of doing that is alcohol and drugs. Absolutely. It's such a shame. It's such a yeah. shame. But I think Flo, that's that's something quite interesting because I think that is not just particular of, of teens, perhaps yes, in the sense that they're getting into alcohol and drugs to get that I want to be meaningful, I want to be long. But a lot of other clients that we see, a lot of adults, they are stuck in that sort of hamster wheel for the very same reasons. And perhaps, Raggy, from your recruiting background, that's something that you may have seen applying to that corporate world of, you know, burnout and then changing perhaps of job way too many times or staying in your job for way too long. You know, and we see that time and time again is that being trapped in that sort of story whereby we become attached to that label of saying, well, I am X working somewhere. And if I am not working here or if I am not with these sort of people around me, then who am I? Absolutely, because it gives people identity, doesn't it? And everybody likes to have an identity. And if they have to do something to fit into a group, they're going to do it. Um, so it's, you know, those things are down to the employer, down to the kind of environment they create. I can't remember the name of the agency, but there's a recruitment agency out there, out there who hires people who don't drink, you know, and their productivity will be through the roof. And I just think, you know, if we could bring that out into the workforce and help employers realize this is a difference we could make if we change the environment that we bring our employees into. Imagine. Yeah, imagine. yeah. you're so right that they, we don't get to talk this at school about how we can be our optimal self, that really yeah. productive, you know, person who is feeling good about themselves because they're doing a good job. 
we do unfortunately workforces especially in recruitment and banking they really do create this culture of play hard and work hard and people can't do both they can't do both and And that's why you see so many people crash and burn recruiters because I know the industry inside and out you know this is why they're crashing and burning is because they they think they can burn the candle at both ends but unfortunately the human body isn't designed to carry this through day in day out you can't do that yeah and they've also got that personality haven't they of wanting to succeed so they want to be they want to succeed in the social environment and they want to succeed in the working environment as well and they don't realize that they can step back and be their own person because it, it's not valued, is it? It's not valued in the workspace to be, you know, what works best for you. And it doesn't work best for everybody to be yeah. that sociable. No. And I, I would like to put that success that you were talking about, Flair, in inverted commas, because I think that is the so-called success that nobody questions, but truth to be told, it ain't. Like, and I think that's a bit that we don't realize that we get, we ourselves get to call what's successful and what is not. Because the minute that you let yourself be guided and being directed by what other people appreciate or tell you that that is what being successful is, that's when you start losing yourself. Like, you know, we just had the example with Norgy a couple of weeks ago with us telling us that story of how that pan out for herself when she started to trying to be somebody else that she wasn't so have you found that ragged that there's been spaces in your life that you've gone through and you've had you've tried to be something you weren't I think definitely you know when I first moved into London you know that was a a a place where you become somebody to be a Londoner and you become somebody to be in the recruitment recruitment environment But what's different then is you don't realize you're actually becoming that different person. You're doing it because you're in your 20s and you've got the energy and uh, it's what people do in London, you know. (laughs) So, yeah, most definitely, I think in work environments, I've definitely done that. You know, everybody wants to be a high earner when they finish university and, and I was a high earner. And, and I'm grateful for it. But I was one of the lucky ones because I, I managed to come out and create a balanced life for myself. But there are a lot of them who have fallen into trouble. And, and that's what I struggle with is because not everybody is going to come out with the head held up high. And that, that I find quite upsetting, you know, because I wouldn't want anyone to go through what I went through I, I worked hard, I worked hard. But the levels of anxiety that I went through at some, sometimes were extremely high. Now, not everybody is equipped to deal with that level of anxiety and, and, and may not come out the other side of it. And those are the people I feel sorry for. And, I, and I, I, those are the people I want to help. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is what we do on our courses. We run a course called Empowered to Thrive and we do it for businesses as well. And we're getting people to understand about how to work with their body. And if they want to be a high performer, it isn't about push, push, push. It's about, you know, getting some harmony between other healthy practices so that they can be their best self when they're at work. Sure. And I think You know, people need to make sure that their internal environment is right. 
Because if your internal environment isn't right, that the rest of it is is going to be all over the place. If you get that in place and you manage that, you know, your external environment will follow. It's taken me years to get my internal environment right. Yeah. But it, it's in a good place. And that's mm. why I'm able to work off the four sides of my dinner table. Can yeah. you explain to our listeners what you mean by your your internal environment? Because some people just won't understand that statement. Sure. So it's about how how we're processing information that's been thrown at us all the time. So two of us might have the same experience. I don't know. I'm going to go back to recruitment. So you've lost a deal and somebody's anxiety levels will go through through the roof. Whereas another person will process that differently and say, right, okay, well, look, I learned this from that deal there and I'm going to move forward in this manner with my next deal. So you can either learn learn from your experience and process it and understand, or you can sit there and go, oh my God, oh my God, where's my next deal coming from? What am I going to do next? I was that person. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But now I, I know it will happen and there's no, you know, I can't change what's just happened but what I can do is I can change what's going to happen going forward yeah that next step so it's basically how you're relating to the stresses that come at you isn't it absolutely absolutely mm -hmm. which is like you said a hard lesson to learn most people have to go for a lot of rubbish to learn well, those lessons some people some people will turn it into trauma you know and, and again that's another reason why somebody will you know, leave their job because they just cannot cope with the anxiety. And that's where the employers need to step up and help people manage their internal environments. Yeah. And I think employers are starting to realize that now. I mean, we're getting more and more work to come in and do. We don't call it well-being. We call it empowerment because we like to come from, you know, how can we empower you to live better? Not just talk in the kind of well-being space. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it's great that some employers are really jumping onto that and understanding it. And it's time for it to go out to the masses. You know, you get the mental health of your staff right. Imagine how mm -hmm. great that would be. Mm -hmm. And a big passion mm -hmm. of mine is if we get the mental health of the, health of the staff right, we change society because it feeds down to people's kids. Yeah. You know, which is a huge, huge driver for me because it's the kids that get affected when the parents are coming home super stressed and the parents are trying to do their best for their kids, but they don't realise that, that stress, it's like emotional contagion, isn't it? It just spreads. It is, mm. definitely, definitely. Yeah. But I think it's just, it, it impacts and cascades everywhere. And I think that's the bit that we as human beings are starting to realize and and you know companies because it's a topic that we're talking uh, talking about are also starting to realize because i think for far too long there's been this misconception that you know you are the person you're one person at work you're one person at home you're one person with your friends and whilst that is true because we do have many aspects of ourselves yeah. your values the way you see the world should be and are exactly the same in every single environment. So that dissociation of I'm a different person when I'm here or there, that is just not true. You are it's exactly not, no. the same person flexing and adapting in different environments. Yeah. And I think finally the veil is coming down and people are understanding this. And 
I'm not going to say the pandemic in a way was a blessing for that, but it is true that it has helped to see that who you are at work and who you are at home are so interlaced that you just cannot get away with, yeah, just come and do your work and I don't care what's happening in your family and vice versa. You cannot be the best version of yourself with your friends and family if you've had had a shit day at work because it's just not the way it works. I look back at it and I see some people working and I have meetings online, etc. And I and I wonder, I do wonder, how did people cope before? Yeah. Even, you know, I look back at, if I go back 10 years, I'm not even sure I know how I used to get my grocery shopping in. <laughs> you know, because they didn't do deliveries 10 years ago or maybe 15 years ago. But I, I do wonder... I have a hairdresser come round to the house. I'm not sure I used to have time to go to the salon and sit there for two or three hours, you know? So it's amazing how much life has changed. But I do, you know, I have meetings with people online and you see the kids running around behind them. And and I just think, well, what did you do before? How did you do all this? Yeah, it's made a huge change, hasn't it? The pandemic to this working life. Oh, huge. Yeah, yeah. Huge. And I think technology has been amazing, but I think human wisdom has to catch up with it. I think it's gone too fast, which is which I believe is causing some of the mental health problems, to tell you the truth. People are more connected to their phone now than they are their friends or their family or friends. It's, it's Yeah, we do have to be careful that, you know, we are relational. People need people. And, you know, this actually Zoom is wonderful, but people can very much connect to what keeps coming up on their phone, as we said earlier about that dopamine effect, and think that they don't need the rest of it. And it has a huge effect on the brain. I Mm. think there's somebody out there who's doing a digital detox retreat. And uh, I recently read something about a restaurant in uh, Warwickshire where you go into the restaurant and you have to put your phone in a basket. Oh, I love that idea. You know? Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it, it, people who are thinking ahead, I, I just, uh, there's a lot more of that required, definitely. Because yeah. isn't it awful when you go to a restaurant and so you've got all four people sat on their phone? It's like, why are you even at dinner together? <laughs> I know. I find it heartbreaking personally. I'm a bit of a softie. So I'm a bit like, no, you're here. You made time to be together. Be together. (laughs) I know. I know. Definitely. I I was just picturing Flair going and sitting down with those people and being like, are you okay? What's happening? (laughs) 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 Oh, bless you. So, Raggy, what kind of what things are you putting in place then to keep your, you know, health and well-being strong? Because you've got a lot to deal um, with, haven't you? Let's be, be I have, honest. I have, I have. Yeah. So, um, I practice. Um, have you ever read the Five AM Club by yeah. Robin Sharma? Yeah. So, I'm a Five AMer, and it works. It works for me. I love it. Um, you know, I don't religiously follow exactly what's stated in 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 that book um but you know i do exercise so i have an online exercise class every morning with a a lovely friend who's actually based out of austria so we do an online class with her every day Um, i meditate i read i'll get my cooking done if i need to in the morning Um, but every day is planned because i don't see what i'm doing as work i do it because i'm passionate about it so every day's planned. And so I do, you know, I'll, weekends are for studying. 
I always have an hour by hour diary and I'm a bit old school. I still run a paper diary. Me too. Uh, I love a visual diary. And if I'm popping out, I'll take a photo of it. So I know exactly what's happening, what day. And it's an hour, hour by hour. So I know what's going on. So yeah, 5am, great start. And it sets me up for the day. That's me time um, because me time is extremely important. Can you just, because uh, I'm aware that some of our people, the people listening to us might not be aware of what is the the 5 a.m. So can you, obviously we've heard that you use about meditating, exercising, learning, but can you share a little bit of the principles of that and why you apply it? Yeah, well, I mean, firstly, for me, it's it's when the phone doesn't ring. It's when, you know, I'm not going to get emails. It puts me ahead of the day. Um, so there's no exterior noise. It's just me and I will do what I need to do to make sure I have a good day. It allows me to set up my psyche, my mental well-being. You know, I can have that longer shower if I want to. It just places me properly for the day. I'll always have a magical day if I get up at five five o'clock in the morning. Because I'm already that many hours ahead of everybody if I'm up at five o'clock. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're basically looking after your emotional physical mental and spiritual priority that's Mm -hmm. priority um Mm -hmm. because if well look you know if I don't put on my own mask I can't help (laughs) anybody else so that's my time where I put on my own mask and uh get get ready for the show whatever on a daily basis yeah it's like you're already winning isn't it we've got that ball rolling yeah I'm I'm very early rising as well I like to do all those things but not half five for me not five well I haven't quite quite done the Wim Hof which I've looked into because you practice the Wim Hof method don't you yeah I do the cold water yeah yeah I mean I've had a go a couple of times and it kind of just can't get there I mean I was forced to have a go as I moved house because we didn't have hot water for like two or three days so I was like okay this is my moment come on I can do this it didn't last very long um so yeah I mean that is something I will probably look to um get into at some point in my life I still do my hot bath with the Epsom salts first and then I do the cold shower after Right. Yeah, I start warm and I get cold. So I'm not, I'm no hero. I just, you know, I do, I do it slowly. I still do it slowly now. How long are you in the cold shower for? About two minutes, nothing right. more. Yeah. But I prefer the cold water swimming. It's just, I got, I, I was cold water swimming in the Thames and I got a toxin and I was quite poorly. So now I'm a little bit worried about the Thames swimming. Right, okay. <laughs> Apparently I got a dog toxin and I was quite poorly. So oh, wow. <laughs> you do have to be careful about whether you're going to gulp any water, I suppose, or what's coming through your skin. I went up uh, Kilimanjaro three years ago and um, got bitten by a mosquito. I mean, those small things, they can literally kill you. I nearly lost my eyesight. It wow. was. A, I, I came back with something called Rift Valley Fever. It was life-changing. It, that's kind of when I reassessed everything and thought, right, okay, something needs to change. And, and this is, these are the changes I made. So, you know, I don't work full-time. I don't do anything full-time, really, but I have a full-time life, <laughs> you know? Oh, I love that. Ah, that's a, that's a brilliant one-liner. I, yeah, well, do you know what? That's come out for the first time, and I quite like it too. <laughs> <laughs> the brain likes novelty as well. So I think you, you're a scheduler, but you have a lot of variety, which I think is keeping you interested. Yeah, yeah absolutely, because what happens is 
from time to time, you'll get bored of doing the one thing. So then you just move to the next thing. But overall, what you're doing is you're actually still achieving and you're still moving forward. Yeah, yeah. But it sounds to me, though, you really know yourself well. You know that you get bored. Some people like doing the one thing, don't they? Yeah. But if you know yourself well, lots of people well, I who... I think you've got to activate different parts of your head, haven't you? So if you're just doing the, you know, if you've just got a one-track mind, I haven't got a one-track mind. <laughs> so I had to exercise it in different ways. Yeah, you think outside the box, I think, aren't you, really, by the sounds yeah. of it? Mm-hmm. Which is quite hard when you're young, actually, when you think outside the Absolute, box. It, yeah, because you're not equipped. Yeah. yeah, you're not equipped to even... Yeah, absolutely. It takes more to understand yourself when you like lots of different aspects of life, I think. Yeah. But isn't that the purpose of life, to go through it and carry on learning? Imagine if we were all born knowing that, you know, what we should know, how boring life would be. I, you know, I'm a firm believer and encourager of go out, try things, do them wrong, try again <laughs> and have a great yeah. time trying. That's, that's <laughs> the way we, we go at life, I guess. Yeah, and, and ex- accept that you're going to get it wrong. You're not going to get everything right all the time. That you, wouldn't do, boring. you wouldn't do anything, would you? It's like knowing the end of a movie before yeah, you've definitely. actually watched it. It's like, really? <laughs> it's not exciting at all. So can you tell us what you still want to achieve? Well, I think that Wim Hof thing, you've just triggered something there. I think <laughs> I've, got, I've got to, I've got to. Um, but, you know, I, I definitely have a dream where, you know, I want to help businesses create a, a structure for the mental well-being of their staff. And I mean the businesses in the masses. A work, a person's working life is such a, a big part of their life. It's just important to make sure people don't suffer um, and and come out of it good. And I consider myself to be one of the lucky ones because I was able to use the, the tools that I had taught myself by reading self-development books for 30 years of my life. <laughs> I, I believe that is the one thing that made sure that I came out of it, you know, a little bit shinier. So which are your three then self-development books that you say I, I'm so, so pleased I read this. Uh, well, I'm a big fan of Anthony Robbins. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, he um, wasn't. <laughs> yeah, and, and, I, and I do like Robin Sharma, but I'll never, ever forget my very first book, which was, uh, not my very first book, actually. <laughs> so I've only really ever used to read autobiographies or self-development books, but there was an autobiography done by Anita Roderick, who did The Body Shop. And that was the book that gave me a boot up my bum and thought, right, I'm going to go and do this. I'm going to go and do this. I'm going to go out and achieve. And I, I've still got the hard copy somewhere. I, I think I probably read it about, mm, well, 35 years ago. Well, because I haven't read that one. Yeah, no, I, don't, no. I read a lot. <laughs> we'll have to put the link on, on the show notes as well so people can check it out. I will. I, I liked that. My, my mind was young. And I, I learned a lot out of books, but yeah, that one definitely comes to mind. I never, you know, it's like your first love. That was like my first book where I thought, right, I like you. <laughs> I was right about you in, in in the beginning, there wasn't I? This open mind needing to yeah find out more. You were, you were, yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah, <laughs> but nobody liked that me. <laughs> <laughs> Inquisitive, I'd say. Yeah, curious, definitely. Curiosity. Definitely. That's that's what we need. We are curious to hear. And, and this is a tricky question for some people on, on the show. Uh, so we'll give, yeah, you a para- we'll give you a paragraph if you can't. But can you sum up in one sentence how, how you made your life better? Yes, only do what you're passionate about. You know, don't be, 
yeah, I need more than one sentence, really. But yeah, you're right. I need a paragraph. Uh, but yeah, and everything else falls in place. You know, I'm never going to do something I don't want to do. It's really that simple. So, so you'll finish your addiction psychology and see where it goes. I'll have my own practice. I know where that's going. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. Addiction psychology. I will finish. I plan to graduate uh, next year. So yeah, I'm looking forward to wearing a pair of uh, Louboutin trainers to my addiction <laughs> ceremony. My addiction <laughs> ceremony. I should say my graduation ceremony. <laughs> that's hilarious I'm gonna come and say hi to you because I'll be in town yay that'd be so nice I'd I'd like that we'll get Lucia out as well yeah definitely (laughs) I'm there I'm there I'm not carrying you home though I know those days are gone those days are gone those days are gone well I hope (laughs) I'm not planning to go back to that life (laughs) good good I'm glad to hear it (laughs) I've got more passionate things to put my energy to now thankfully excellent 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 so, Raggy, I'm sure people will want to get in contact with you. Where can people find you? Oh, I'm hiding at the moment. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. So uh, the best way to contact me is uh, LinkedIn. And if not LinkedIn, on Facebook. Perfect. We'll make sure to put those links on the show notes as well. So people are not just one click away from you. Yeah, sure. Give me a call, whoever you are. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you so much, Raggy. It's been lovely to to have you with us it's um it's been a very soul nurturing conversation do you know what and i've really really enjoyed chatting to you ladies it's been a fun afternoon thank you thank you for giving your time and thank you for all our listeners as well for giving their time and please share this episode with anyone you think will benefit from it like it leave a comment and subscribe and we look forward to seeing you next week and in the meantime Stay well, stay safe and stay inspired. Much love.